Good morning, All Seasons. So good to be coming to you today. I know uh, during this virus we're doing things a little differently, but I am so excited this Sunday morning to be bringing the message as we're dealing with being able to deal with hammocks and lofty chairs. That's going to be our topic through today and even next week as we'll build even more on it. We had a great time last week, and, and I apologize that just because of everything that's going on, uh, this is the way now that we just need to be able to do the services. So let's just jump in. Let's, let's get into this. I, I can't wait. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you want to, to 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 25. 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 25. Hammocks and lofty chairs. So what happens? I want to answer three questions today more than anything else. What happens when we pursue rest? What happens when we actually are pursuing rest? And how do we access this rest? How do we access it? How do we get into it? How does it actually work when we want to access rest? And number three, what does it look like in real life? What does resting really look like? What, how will we feel? What will our life be like if we are really resting in the Lord. Jesus gave himself as an atonement. There's two things that we know for sure that starts us into this answers. Is first that Jesus gave himself as an atonement for our sins. That's why we're celebrating today Palm Sunday. And, and we are thinking about him entering into Jerusalem and, and riding in and people are throwing palm branches and, and all the things are happening and there's excitement in the air and, and, and blessed is the one that comes in the name of the Lord and, and they're, they're looking for their king and they're excited about everything that happens. And as we celebrate Palm Sunday, we understand the significance these thousands of years later. We understand that Jesus gave himself as an atonement for our sins. But number two is the part that we forget many times, is that he also offered an example of what man and life should be like. He gives us an example of what life, what, what man's life should actually look like. And so as we turn in 1 Peter 2, 21 through 25, here's what it says. For to this we were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Now notice, we dealt with his death, we dealt with that he he died for us, but he also left an example, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, for by his stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." How do we access rest? How do we do this? Well, understand it this way. Accessing rest is not into a place, but into a person. 
When we access rest, we are looking for the person of rest, the person who provides rest, the person who gives rest. He calls himself, Jesus, throughout his ministry, the Son of Man. He is the Son of Man. He is God's gift to humanity. We know this, that it is important to see him this way. It's important to realize him this way because Jesus, if he comes as just God, if he comes as just God wrapped in flesh, then he is a violator and, and, and he is not permitted. In other words, as he comes as the son of God, he comes as someone who can actually redeem us, someone who can actually uh, do something on our behalf. As God alone, he is, he is entering territory and he's violating territory that he cannot come into. So we see this as Jesus is baptized. When Jesus is baptized, we see the anointing of God come upon him. When John baptizes him and he comes out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord ascends upon him like a dove. And there he receives the anointing, this Son of Man, to do the work that the Father has called him to do. Up until this time, we don't see no great miracles. We don't see any healings or, or, or raising dead people or any all through those years. Why? Because there is a process by which God has called him to and a process by which God has ordained. So God would need an anointing. God would need to be anointed to do ministry. But as the Son of Man... He is needing this. Go with me to John 14, verses 6 through 12. Let me show it to you. How we access this rest. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is sufficient for us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father's in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority but on the Father who dwells in me does these works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Do you see there is an anointing that is put upon Jesus that he receives. Go to John 8 and verse 28. Then Jesus said unto them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I am, then that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. This is who Jesus was. He was the Son of Man. He was given to us. He was presented to us by the Father. And, and notice how he describes himself, what he, what he had to go through to become our gift, to ride in on that day, on Palm Sunday. Look at the gift he had to give. Go with me to Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Listen to what it says. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Cross. The first thing about Jesus you need to realize is that he emptied himself. Nobody made him. Nobody forced him. But he chose to empty himself to complete the work that the Father had called him to do. Go to Galatians 4 and 4. Listen to what it says. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. The second thing he says, not only did I empty myself, but I also put myself as a man under the very law that you live under, under the same stringent law of appeasing and pleasing God. Luke 2 and 52, listen to what it says. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in the favor with God and man. When somebody tries to tell you, well, he was just God. He, I mean, he couldn't mess up. He couldn't make mistakes. He couldn't do anything wrong. You could not be further from the truth. Jesus emptied himself, put himself under, and allowed himself to be placed in a place so that he could take on the form and could take on humanity so that he himself could be the great sacrifice and could allow rest to come through him. Here's the things we understand. Number one, he was subject to the Father. Number two, he didn't come to do his will, but the will of the Father. Number three, He was under the law to fulfill it. And number four, he subjected himself voluntarily. He put himself of his own design under this situation. Jesus, and and the way to say it this way that hopefully you can grasp, but you can write this in your notes. Jesus was God as he is and man as he ought to be. Jesus, when we saw him, was God like God would act. That's why he tells Philip. That's why he tells Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am God the way God is. I act the way God acts. I love the way God loves. I do things the way the Father does things. And as man ought to be. When you see me walking, you see me walking as man ought to walk. You see me living as man ought to live. You see, what I've come to do, Philip, is to show you. And the first man, Adam, who fell, I've come to show you what it is to walk with God, what it is to speak with God, what it is to have a life that is full of God, where you become in dominion and power the way you were meant to be, to have authority and not to live under the rule of Satan and not to live under the power of all the things the world throws at you, but to have dominion in this world as I have had dominion, as you've watched me walk, man ought to walk. And as you saw me, you've seen the Father. So we understand how do we access this. We access this through Jesus Christ. We access rest. We enter into rest. We enter into a rest simply by accessing and pressing and pursuing Jesus as our Lord, our Savior, our King. It's in Him because we're learning from Him. Number two. 
What happens then when we pursue rest? What happens when we pursue what the Father wants? What takes place when we pursue what Jesus wants? When we let Jesus live His life through us, what starts to happen? Well, there's going to be a couple things that are going to take place. But go in in your Bible. Let me show you a story that will reveal this. Because Jesus came to present and to give rest. Jesus came so that you might find rest. Well, it seems kind of odd because they already had a day of rest. They had a Sabbath day. And that is called a day of rest, where they were not supposed to work, where they were not supposed to do anything, where they were supposed to just simply say, hey, we, we, we are, we are just going to take off today. And, and, but they had totally taken that and turned it on its ear. Listen to what the Bible says in John five, verses five through 18. We'll read some of this. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. This is the perfect illustration of Israel. We studied Israel last week. And we talked about how Israel, for 38, 40 years, walked around in a desert. And what it's meant to show you is that just like Israel, this man was bound. This man was not able to enter into rest for all of those years because of his infirmity. Because he was locked out. He was not allowed. And here's what it says. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already had been in that condition a long time, he said unto him, do you want to be made well? Think about that. Remember what I said? How do we access rest? It's through Christ. How do we enter into rest? It's through Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes to each one of us and he asks the question, would you like to have rest? Would you like to find rest? Would you like to find peace? Would you like to find joy? Would you like to have comfort? Would you like to find a friend? All of those questions are wrapped up in finding Christ. And Jesus says, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool. When the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down in front of me. And Jesus said unto him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Notice now, and that day was the Sabbath. So on the Sabbath day, which Jesus did many of his miracles, in fact, there's, in, in the writings it declares that a lot of the miracles that Jesus did were done on Sabbath days. It was his normal routine. It was his normal way of doing business. Well, why? Because understand, he's trying to transition us from a rest that we're trying to get to a rest that he says I can provide. He's saying you can't attain this rest on your own. You're going to have to access me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one accesses the Father. No one accesses rest except through me. So here's what he says, and immediately the man was made whole. The Jews therefore said unto him, notice here's the problem, who who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Now Jesus could have, could have easily just told him, now, now just you're healed. Now just stand here until the Sabbath is over, and, and, and then you can pick up your bed and go home. 
But Jesus doesn't do that. Now, Jesus is not trying to, to, to cause problems, but at the same time, when Jesus is bringing rest, it will create problems. When Jesus offers rest, it will create problems. Why? Because when this man is given real rest, when he's given true rest, then he picks up what used to be rest to him, and he carries it away. So here is someone that once before this said, you know what my rest is? When I get tired, I got this cot. When I get worn out, I got at least this bed to lay on. And some of you, that's rest. For some of you, you know when this world gets so bad, at least I can stop by the liquor store. When this world gets so bad, at least I can look at stuff on my computer. When, when this world gets so bad, I can, I can at least go hang out with my friends. When this world gets so bad, I can do some dumb things and some, make some memories and whatever it might be that you try to use as rest in your life. Whether it's drugs, whether it's whatever it might be, you look at your life and you're saying, well, at least I got this. This is my rest. This is the thing that, that when life goes bad, I got. And Jesus comes along and says, do you really want rest? Or is this going to suffice for you? And he says, no, I don't really want this, but it's all I've got right now. And he says, I want you to trade what used to be rest into real rest. And so he tells him, I want you to accept rest. And the Bible says the man was made whole. And he says, pick up what used to be rest for you and pick up what used to bring you comfort and what used to get you by. And you can towed it around now, living in the rest that I've given you. Listen to what the Pharisees, then they asked him, who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn in the multitude uh, being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus. Now think about this. We, we, we look for the reason why they killed Jesus. We look for the reasons why they, they put him on a cross. Can I tell you why they put Jesus on the cross? Because he was replacing what used to be rest for what is real rest. The reason they tried to kill Jesus from the, from the start was because he was replacing what was rest to them to what real rest really was. I'll show it to you again. He says, for this reason the Jews persecuted him. Verse 17. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. Go to Luke 13. I'll show you another story. Luke 13 and 10. Here's what it says. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had an, a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. She could not find rest. She could not find rest. Constantly in pain, constantly not able to straighten up, constantly not able to find the thing that would bring her. And these are all symbols of real rest that Jesus wants to bring. The miracles that he did, like he told Philip, if you don't believe me for who I am, and you don't believe me for all I've, I've said, then at least believe me for the miracle's sake. 
The miracles are designed to draw attention that if he can do this, if he can raise dead, if he can heal an infirmity, if he can cure leprosy, if he can cure any disease, if he can do all of this, then surely he can handle anything. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I mean, that is a great church service. That is a wonderful Sabbath. That, I mean, that lady was set free. But listen to what it says. But the ruler of the synagogue, her pastor, answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them. And don't you come on the Sabbath day to be healed. Don't come on the Sabbath day to get anything. The problem is they misunderstood what God meant. Remember now what Jesus says, that God works on the Sabbath. So therefore, I'm working. God is doing things on the Sabbath. Therefore, I'm doing things. See, they had messed up and misinterpreted the whole point of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was not made so that man could worship the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It was made so that, so that we could come that day and we could set back and realize that even when we're doing nothing, God is still working. Remember last week when we started to study about Adam? That Adam was made on the sixth day. And on the sixth day, God says, I've created everything. I've made everything. The yard is mowed. Everything is perfect. Nothing needs to be done. And Adam walked in the world on the sixth day he was created. And the very first day of his life was the seventh day. The very first day of his life was the day God says, rest. God says, rest. Why? Because Adam, I'm working. Because Adam, even while you're resting, the sun's still shining. While you're still resting, snow is still cold. While you're still resting, the rivers still run. Even if you think, Adam, that I'm resting in the sense that you rest, Adam, I am always working. I am always doing. So when you're resting... Get this now, when you're resting, God is still working. They couldn't understand, well, God must be sleeping today, or God must be taking off today. God doesn't heal people on the Sabbath. No, even when you're resting today, this Sunday, this Sunday morning, while we're sitting here and we're on our couches and we're resting and, 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 and we're listening and we're just thinking, man, there's things I need to be doing. Can I tell you something? God is still working. Your heart is still beating. Life is still moving. God is working even when you're resting. So there's two types. There's the man who has the bed. And Jesus looks at us and says, will you have rest? Will you accept rest? Yeah, I won't rest. Then believe in me. Take up what it used to be. Your rest. Pick up what used to be your rest and walk in me now. 
You don't have to rest in the stuff that didn't work. You don't have to rest in the stuff that, that won't bring any answers. I'm the answer. And I'm the rest. And when you pursue me, and you pursue rest, you will find that God is working even when you're not. You will find that even when you say, I don't see anything happening, God says, I'm still moving. God, I don't see how this coronavirus, I don't, I don't see your hand. I don't see. God says, I'm moving. I, I don't see any answer. I'm still moving. You can rest in the fact that God is doing even when nobody else is. Number three, then what does this really look like, Pastor? What does rest really look like? What we have to do then is we have to step out in our faith, realizing, realizing that God is going to handle it. Go with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 20. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. He says, listen, you didn't, you didn't get this and receive this by your work or your effort. You didn't gain access by your effort. You didn't gain uh, all that you have by some pursuit. You gained this simply because I loved you. And listen how much I loved you. Verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You, you were someone that when we fail as humanity, we fail and, and we were put in the pawn shop. We were put in the, the store and, and a for sale sign was put on us. And can I tell you something? There was no amount of money for silver and gold couldn't purchase you. There was nothing that man could do. There was nothing that anybody could do. There's, there's no way that you could find rest. You were stuck where you were until Jesus Christ came. And something more precious than gold and something more precious than silver entered your life. Jesus walked in. And Jesus said, I have given the greatest gift this world could ever have. I have given my blood. I have given my life. I took off the robes of glory. I entered this world as a man. I walked this world like you walk it. I was tempted in every way that you're tempted, but without sin. I overcame. I fulfilled. I died. But the grave could not hold me and I rose from the dead. I am your champion. And by my blood, you have been brought into the family. You today have the same father. You today have the same spirit in you that I had. You have my father. You have my spirit. Listen, you are 100% righteous today. If you are resting in me, you are 100% forgiven today. 
There is not a piece of forgiveness or a little forgiveness. You have been completely forgiven, 100% made righteous. You are a child of God. You have been reconciled to God. God says, now I can reopen the plans that I have for you. I can reopen all those things I put inside of you when I formed you in your mother's womb and I knew you before you knew yourself. And you're thinking, I have made a mess of everything. And God comes along and says, that's okay. Through Jesus, you have been reconciled. And the things that the canker worm has eaten up and the stuff the world says have destroyed you. I'm telling you today, my plans cannot fail. They cannot come up short. All things have been made new. He's removed all guilt. He's removed all shame. He's removed everything from your life that hinders you from rest. He has brought everything into your life that you need for rest. Our healing, our healing this morning, your healing this morning from fear, your healing this morning from from worry, your healing this morning from whatever is physical. Can I tell you this? And I say it without any reservation. Your healing this morning is in the rest He's given you. When you rest, when you decide I'm resting in the Father, I'm just going to let the Father do it, then you're acting like Jesus. Jesus says, I can't do anything of my own. But I speak what I hear the Father speak. And I do what I see the Father do. And the Father is working when I'm not even working myself. So he says, Tim, just rest. Just rest this morning. You don't earn, have to earn anything. It's not because you deserve. It's not because you've worked hard enough. Jesus did those miracles on those Sabbath days so that he could show them that rest is in me, not in you. And if you will accept my rest today, then you can realize I'm a hundred percent a child, a hundred percent forgiven, a hundred percent redeemed, a hundred percent on my way to glory, a hundred percent loved, and a hundred percent, a hundred percent an overcomer today. That's your rest. And if you'll do that in Christ, nothing, nothing will be able to stop you. And nothing will hinder you. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning, there are people who are listening to my voice. And Father, they need rest. They're not going to find it on their television. They're not going to find it through programs the government is doing to try to protect us, and I'm thankful for all of that. But they will not find rest there. The only and great rest that's ever come into this world, His name was Jesus. And today, if they will just say, I accept Jesus. I accept the rest that He's given. He paid the price through His precious blood. He paid the price so that today I can just rest in Him. I can accept my Father. I can accept His love. I can accept His plans. Lord, as they do that right now,
Will you allow your Holy Spirit to enter every room to touch them, to just let them feel that, God, you're working while we're just sitting still. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you soon.